What would you say the top skills people need to succeed in the industry? That is a great question. The first I would, it's, it's not a skill, but I would say it's Just one final question. The number one skill of a great mentor. What is up, everyone? And thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bricks and Bytes podcast. Eleanor Mosher, Australia's first construction coach and founder and mentor at The Construction Coach and author and podcast host. In this episode, we discuss with Eleanor the common challenges people face in construction, such as mismatch of skills, interests, and burnout, why you need to deeply understand your mind and how it works in order to succeed Eleanor's advice for taking the leap to start your own business in construction, building runway and having a predictable system to get leads and the number one skill people in construction need to succeed. If you're enjoying our podcast, you can support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel. This is an easy and free way which helps us keep the podcast going. Visit www.bricksbytes.show to find links to our YouTube channel and all other socials where you can follow, subscribe and engage with our content. You are listening to Bricks and Bytes Podcast, where we take you on a journey in construction, technology, and business. All right, let's get this episode started. Eleanor, you're Australia's first construction coach and winner of the best construction training company in 2022. So firstly, can you tell our audience who you are, why mentoring, and why construction? Why not mentoring and why not construction? It's a pleasure to be here, Owen. Thank you for the question as well. I always struggle with answering that question of who are you because it's such an evolving question all the same. And it's after a while we have the best title, I think, is a portfolio career where you are both an author, a speaker, a podcaster and mentor and coaching and an advisory. The easiest nutshell I can give is, working in the mentoring training and advisory industry for construction and this is this was always a question that even when I started and I was doing one thing was a very hard thing for people to understand that how could someone have mentor as a profession because most of the industry sees mentoring as being this one-dimensional transactional time-bound relationship that happens in the corporate walls on the same floor that you work in the same department with people that you work and if you get lucky they'll cross over departments and the mentoring function is resolved but whilst there is a place for technical mentoring and mentoring that is of a professional nature Mentoring is far more than that. The experience onto itself is one of the most transformative and remains the fastest way to compress a timeline, to compress that time and space between this is where I am. And even if you don't know where you are, you need to know where that is so you can know where you need to go. And we are not skilled at knowing how to self-assess, self-introspect, self-train. And whilst a person can have resourcefulness, to go and find out everything that they know that they think they know, they're still not going to access that realm of what they don't know that they don't know. And that is, of course, where mentoring will come in. 
only 10%, a very small minority of people, not just in the industry, but in society as a whole, will seek mentoring because not everyone wants more. Most people are quite content in doing what they're doing, looking at taking cues from the mediocre mindsets and paradigms around them. And for some ridiculous reason, thinking that if I just do the same thing as everyone else, I will get to somewhere completely different than them. <laughs> and that is a, a, a sunk cost fallacy or whatever that saying is. So mentoring is not something that is common. When I launched the Construction Coach in 2019, more so in 2020 from a service provision, there was no bridge between what is construction as we know it, but I didn't even take a construction management or a technical approach or a professional approach. I took the people approach and marrying that with a principle-based approach to what I started with was pure career guidance. And when I realized this chasm in the industry, it simply made no sense. How is no one talking about this? And my message became quite simple, construct your career. And the flack that I got for that is sensational, <laughs> that it's such an abrasive concept. How dare you don't want to fit into a box built in 1965 that wasn't built with you in mind. And it had nothing to do with your passion, your purpose, your mission, your vision, your values. Yet here people are following convention. And you can't tell people to not follow convention. I had to do that myself first. So the construction coach started off as just a blog. It evolved into mentoring, mm. training, and workshops towards the industry, of course. The years of 2020 to 2022 mm -hmm. really wiped out anything that happened in a 3D reality. Everything moved online. But we don't need to revisit that memory lane <laughs> necessarily. It comes Even up a lot. Exactly. It merged into a podcast and other levels of mentoring and servicing the industry because not just that mentoring isn't provided so much of it is also tactical and tactical is like putting a band-aid on a band-aid on a band-aid on, on what is fundamentally a broken leg it's not going to heal itself it's not going to get any better so even reintroducing or introducing a principle-based approach to providing mentoring training and advisory to the industry is is not so common and there are great practitioners out there and when people can approach from that principle-based perspective, then it's only upwards in the mentoring relationship. Yeah. And construction as an industry is uh, very resilient. Like any change, everyone's like, oh, God, no, I don't want to do that. Like, like you say, it's, it's not, mentoring is not something too common within, within the industry. So did you find people were uh, quite resilient to uh, what you're offering at first? I'm not sure if resilient is the right word. I find that most people are sensitive souls that very quickly buckle under any sort of unconventional pressure. But they're like anything, there will always be the few early adopters. There will be the skeptics from day one till my end of time. There will be the spectators. But there will be people who are watching and waiting to see what happens. It is something that still needs to be <clears throat> you still need to educate the market on and this isn't just for mentoring as a, a concept but for people to make the investment into mentoring most people have the completely wrong paradigm when it comes to mentoring coaching and advisor as well so there still remains a massive education piece around it so 
was there early adoption? There's always early adopters. There are those who are waiting to see what happens. There are those who will never make the move, and it has nothing to do with me. It is fundamentally their whole wiring is out of fear. Mm. Okay, so people, someone uh, is considering mentoring. I think people who are ambitious will hear of the term and then they'll probably, their ears will perk up straight away and be like, yeah, that's probably something I need. So how, where could, where do you typically help people? And, and for someone who is thinking about it, uh, what are the benefits that you, you could provide? In terms of what I do, it's enabling the ambitious in the industry. You pointed it out correctly, because if people don't want anything for themselves, I don't believe you can teach someone ambition. To cultivate desire, whilst it is possible to cultivate desire, it still requires that individual to keep on nurturing and fueling that desire. But ambition and the grain that we all have is, again, that grain, and you can't teach someone ambition. Uh, ambition. So I work with them to, uh, with ambitious construction professionals on varying degrees and seniority in the industry under the powerhouse mindset and enabling them to position themselves as authorities in the industry and I do that also in collaboration with my mentor as well as career coaching under the construction coach. In terms of the benefits of mentoring, it's time. It's it's purely time. And it's being able to have someone else that is not you to hold up a mirror. Because one thing we can't do for ourselves is perform brain surgery on ourselves. We're not very good at that. We don't have the skill set for it. We do not have the knowledge. We do not have the way of the land. And whilst I can sit there, read a book, and then try to perform the surgery onto myself, I have a chance of success. I also have a chance of getting it really wrong. And why would I not, when we have all of the resources available to us, get a specialist in to perform that brain surgery? And maybe in the in the process, they can show me how they did it so that I can do it onto myself. <laughs> and this is what people don't understand with mentoring is that they think they can do it themselves, but they have no skill set in it. When you, you want to get your hair cut, do you cut your own hair? No. When you want to service your car, do you service your own car? Maybe some people do. Great. For their money, people outsource their money to their accountant, their employer, their health to their doctor, their convenience to the supermarkets. But when it comes to mentoring, people have this innate ego that, well, it's beyond me. I don't need it. I'm just going to wait for someone else to come and do it for me. Or if I just, again, what I said before, do what I've been doing for that little bit longer and that little bit longer ends up being three decades as to most professionals' timeline, then somehow they'll get to realizing their their vision. We simply don't have as much time as we think we do to access the knowledge even that we have within us. How do we get there? So mentoring in its key benefit is to bypass the time that it takes to where you want to go. But also we live in our frame. My frame might be 30 by 30 centimeters and you might be operating out of a 60 by 60 cent, uh, 60 by 60 centimeter frame. I can't see outside of my frame, but your frame is bigger. So how can you show me what else could I put in my frame so that I... So if someone else is operating out of a larger worldview, a more expansive worldview, I would want to know how do I get that bigger picture? What is it that I am not seeing? And that is also a big part of mentoring because I have that privilege of being put new possibilities that I have not conceived. I have not seen those horizons because 
we're all operating out of a limited life experience, really. There's very few people that we all respectively know who have really lived lived a life. But then even those who are a little bit more in front of us, what can they show us? How can they enable us to see that there is so much more available, not just externally, but within us as well? And whilst you can immerse yourself in the world of books and podcasts and your own dreams, but again, it's that time factor. So, but then there is also the, that's probably from a mindset perspective, but then the skill set perspective. In our technical worlds, we're, we're exposed to a very limited bandwidth of skill sets that actually produce high income. So how are you going to learn it? Just by sheer dumb luck? Or situational circumstances? Do you even know what skill set it is you need to learn? And this is where this is how most professionals construct their career. They'll just go acquire all of these skills and never get a return on investment on them. But mentoring will allow you to say, well, these are the skills particular to this situation and in the face of your goals as well. So, of course, that the benefits of mentoring are extensive and people know it, but they could sit there and say, I would love to do this, but, but, but their fear always kicks in. Mm, fear, dangerous well, nine emotion. times out of ten. There's that yeah. 1%. Yeah, 10%. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fearless people. I'd love yes. to say I'm one of them, but sadly, I don't think I am. Um, do people, do, do people sort of fit, uh, like what you, you obviously work with a broad range of people, construction related. Like, can you just tell us, is it, is it like project managers on construction sites or is it people, uh, in office positions, like maybe admin roles or people building construction tech companies or how, how does that kind of, uh, what's that spread like? For me, it's never really been about demographic, but always about psychographic. And for those who have seen me, I've got a particular brand, a particular voice, a particular disposition, particular thoughts, and that's not going to sync well with most people because most people like vanilla. They like the girl next door. They like it safe. They don't want to be disturbed. They only want to be told that what they're doing is working. Now go do more of that. So it's come down to different psychographics which have come into my world and the common thread is, of course, ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair point. Okay, so um, so an ambitious individual approaches Eleanor is like, yeah, I think I need some mentoring. What, what does that look like from there? Do you kind of try to understand like, specific areas and then like i guess is it kind of like you're a doctor uh, prescribing the symptoms and then you're like okay this is what we can do well you don't want to be a doctor prescribing the symptoms and then applying medication to it because you're then treating the symptom right and that's mm-hmm. how you keep patients that's how you create patients by only treating the symptoms yeah like a point. healthy person is has no benefit to let's call it certain institutions so when a person does come, of course, what they can recognize, and you did correctly point it out, people can recognize the symptom. But what is the root cause? And a great doctor will be able to identify the root cause and then apply the course of action or the course of treatment to what that is. And without taking the time to really understand and, and to see through who people are presenting as, because people want to tell you that, I already know what I want and I'm already convicted on all of that. Well, maybe, but maybe there's things that they haven't looked at. I'll share an example. I had someone reach out to me on a pretense and I got on that call and within 
five minutes of having no idea what my objective is, who I am, other than I'm here on this call. They pitched me a $25,000 USD package. They had no idea what even my pain was, what I was wanting to achieve, the fact that I had X, Y, Z already achieved by myself, or they had no idea what I was doing. Now, I'm not offended whatsoever at being sold to. I can't, I, I actively look for events, for programs, for opportunities. I'm all for that. I have invested more in myself than people do in in a, in a whole lifetime. And I happily do so. I look for the opportunities, but not when people don't actually identify the need. And that's where a lot of practitioners or coaches do fall over is that they're product centric, not people centric. So if someone comes into my world, it does take time to understand them. Of course, there are commonalities when people come from, say, certain backgrounds and, you know, certain stages of businesses. There are commonalities in experiences and the more people that you talk to, do you start realizing what those patterns are and then working to address the pattern. But at the core, it's the root cause. And the root cause of everyone's qualms is always their thinking and their thinking is informed by their paradigm. And unless the thoughts behind the thoughts behind the thoughts is addressed, people will keep on perpetuating the pain that they're experiencing at this present time. And that's why most people don't want a mentoring solution because to go in and do that, they think what six months to have to do that. No, I rather just slog it out for the next 30 years. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you keep your broken logic and we'll, we'll, we'll see where we respective we are. Yeah, it's very hard to think long term, but eventually that time is going to come whether you like it or not. So may as well deal with it. Uh, okay, you mentioned commonalities. So what are some of the common challenges that people or you, that you experience that people face within construction? That's a great question. And of course, there are the, the common industry challenges that most people are well versed on, understaffing, corporate politics, and not, you know, not being on the on the right project that suits them. There's those common experiences. But underneath all of that, what's driving that? It's people who don't know who they are, have not taken much time, if any, to really introspect and identify who is it that I am, what are my values, where do I wish to drive, and then match them back into the industry. They've allowed the industry to tell them this is where I want to be. So you just have a whole lot of people operating in boxes, functioning in offices or sites or wherever they are with people that they don't want to be around. This has nothing to do with where they want to go and they're all just randomly bumping into each other. If people actually make conscious decisions as to where they are, so much of the industry's problems would be alleviated. For example, if you were to not you specifically, but if someone was to operate out of a place of deep conviction, this is their absolute passion. And they, and they know that because they've actually done the work to identify it. And I know when someone has it because they say, I like to deliver projects on time and budget to the client satisfactions. Really, 90% of you all have the same passion. That's absolutely new and unheard <laughs> of. If, if people operate out of such a deep place of alignment, 
there would be no burnout. There would be no rates. People would not be complaining about respective glass ceilings. People would take ownership for their own income. People would be operating out of a place where they actually love what they're doing. And if most people were to think for just five minutes as to what they're doing, the shock of where they are would absolutely horrify them that they're in the completely wrong aisle, that they can't even do that. So underneath all of this mismatch, and of course there are structural issues within the industry, I'm not abdicating that, but I am saying that if people took responsibility instead of asking the world around them to change, then so much of what is known as a common experience would be alleviated. And so much of why people have such negative experiences come is because they're dealing with so much mediocre mindsets. And what's a mediocre mindset? It's a one of low consciousness. So you have people who aren't thinking, guiding other people to also not think. And then this perfect cycle of mediocrity in the industry is is perpetuated. Okay, so someone uh, who may be listening to this, and there will be people and they'll be sitting there thinking, damn, yeah, I'm just sort of like a cog in the wheel and I come to work and uh, do my job and construction site and I'm, I'm not particularly happy or they may be like even student or university is perhaps found the wrong course or whatever it might be like how do we action that how do we we go right okay here I am these are my underlying values beliefs uh, whatever um, and now this is maybe where I need to go uh, how do people um, navigate that well, first, the last point that you said was really important, knowing what it is that you do want and knowing that that desire is actually yours, that you're not just aiming for another job title or another company, that you're not just aiming for some pseudo externality thinking that's going to be the next thing that plugs my hole and makes everything okay. It's not. It might give you short-term relief, but it's not going to get rid of the wound. So when people do have that North Star, well, they have the option of, okay, I'm going to get there myself. And that could either be by aligning with a company or creating a new role where there was, or maybe they actually need to start a business. And that's where I found myself in 2019, 20, thinking, look, I've got this alchemy of desires. There's no job that's going to allow this expression of me to happen. So I had to create my own vehicle. And that's where people can say, well, I can do any of those things myself, or do I align with a mentor and coach who can show me the fastest way to getting to where I need to go? Mm -hmm. There aren't okay. as many paths as people think when it comes to bypassing time and getting to where you want to go. You can either do it yourself, which is the long route, or you can bypass and compress that time by aligning with a mentor or a coach. Yeah. Okay. Fine. And how about people that uh, they okay they realize everything they want, and uh, they've worked with someone like you. I guess the hardest thing is to now say, right, I'm going to go and quit my job, or whatever it is. That's like the ultimate jump. Uh, what What advice can you give to people that may be in that position? It's extremely contextual, and everyone is different. Some people have, let's say, the financial backing, or they're not relying on an income and it is a tricky situation. And mm. contrary to what the internet says, you can't just quit your job after <laughs> yeah. 90 days or 60 days of a marketing campaign. It's, it's not feasible for most people unless you have such a rich dad. 
that <laughs> that or you know that much savings that if the if the savings could hold you for six months and if it didn't work you would just go back so even that that's not the you know the, the best option from a long term so everyone's financial situations are of course different and some people don't have that luxury and some people don't have that risk appetite to say screw it I'm just going to get rid of the life raft and then I have to make it work and that also takes a level of hunger and courage to say that I I have to make this work because there is no going back so everyone is quite different but nonetheless and this is not something that we also recommend, which is where people, I think, fall into that trap. If I just start a side hustle and I advertise on LinkedIn, I'll just get the income and mm-hmm. and then I'll be able to quit. If you think it's, it'll take a year, it'll probably take two years. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are different business models which simply do require you to be full-time sooner rather than later. And not everything can be done, you know, after hours, 7 to 12, builds the empire kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. again, it really does depend. But nothing, I think, really prepares you for that first week where every, like that whole world that you thought you knew and all of a sudden you are extremely responsible for everything in your life and your income and, you know, the month passes and that income may not be as consistent. So whilst in corporate, if that is where you see yourself, the best thing you can do is build as strong of a runway out of it, as strong Mm. of a network and predictable marketing system that allows you to get leads, but, and obviously convert them. A lead is not going to solve the problem onto itself. It has to be converted, but knowing how much, how much do you really want to make this work? Because that hunger needs to kick in. And this is something that corporate doesn't really fuel within you because you're this fat lion in, in a zoo or a fat animal. You're, you're being fed all the time. There's, there's no hunger. So what's going to happen when you go out there into the wild? Will you get eaten alive or are you going to make it work? But also most businesses don't, don't succeed. There are a lot of factors to that. And how can they be mitigated? By leaning on the expertise of of people who have the results that you desire and do they also have the structured way of getting you there mm. okay cool and what, what would you say are the top skills people need to succeed in the industry that's a great that is a great question the first i would it's, it's not a skill but i would say it's deep knowledge of how your own mind works because if there's anything that will get into it, get in your way, it's going to be your own patterning, your own ability to either get out of your way or do you continue standing in your way? So whilst that's not a skill, we need to know what mindset we have before we know what skill set we need. And mindset is either deciding to work with your internal flow or are you going to try and push a boulder uphill and then complain that it gets really hard. So deep knowledge of your mind and how it works and what faculties of it are available to you at different times. And that's just the start of it. So that is going to be key for anyone who wants to really know, how do I get to anywhere? And if you listen to people who have this external success or have this success, they'll all send you back to the same place within yourself. Mm. In terms of actual skill sets, they're always going to be the ones that, that bring you income 
because I would love it if we could all just do what we do and, mm -hmm. and the finances were not the main metric of, of what we do. But alas, that paradigm exists. Mm -hmm. I think selling, and this is something that I, I do not profess to have the greatest skill set of that is not my zone of genius. It is something which I constant, I, I consciously need to learn whereas speaking, writing, mentoring come naturally to me. Mm. So it's selling and marketing because if people don't know you, then how are they going to decide if you are for them? And even if they do make the decision that you're for them, that doesn't mean that they're also going to buy. So what comes under the marketing banner, whether it's branding, whether it's awareness of your message, again, anything that comes under that. And then there's the, the business skills. Execution is, is a skill and we, People can have lofty ideas, but if the ideas aren't going to be met to reality and people aren't going to see things through to completion, then, again, it's not going to work. So there's some of the key skills, but it also really depends on on what where people are. So, you know, in a thought leadership model of business, which is what I have, my ability to speak, my ability to communicate, to bring people together is essential. Business is business is business at the end of the day, you know, it's negotiation, it's business acumen, contracts, all of that is still is is still necessary. But you're always looking at the skill set which supports how can I drive my vision to completion. Yeah, sure. Okay, so what is there like an exercise or something people can do to get inside of their head? <laughs> First they need to know that they can access it. So let's start there. There are people that say, what mindset? I'm not my thoughts. I, I can control my thoughts, but let's, let's presume that we're speaking to a level of uh, more advanced, more advanced thinkers. It's asking you introspection is simply about asking yourself questions and then listening to the answer, but people won't ask the questions and they definitely will not craft the time to listen <laughs> to their answer. So to get inside your, your own head, have a conversation with yourself actually listen to the dialogue that's that's being put back and forward but in terms of understanding the mind mechanics well it, this will come at a time when people have the awareness when they they start seeing a link between hang on something's happening between i think this thought and then i see it in my external world so until people don't realize that there is a direct link between our internal world and the reality that they're experiencing they won't actually be too driven or interested to understand that I can do something about this. Mm, okay, very nice. Um, you touched on a few things and introspection and uh, well, maybe sales and a bit of marketing and and uh, uh, following what you're following what you're uh, let's say born to do. I don't know if that's the right right term, but something along those lines. What, is, is there one thing that people should be doing more of that perhaps they're not? Introspecting, thinking. Mm -hmm. Let's. Well, that, that might be the be, answer. Yes. <laughs> raising their own consciousness, really. If, if people took responsibility for raising their own consciousness, which what is conscious awareness? It's being able to see links between internal and external events to yourself that do not have a direct relation to one another. That is the best thing that people could be doing. Now, I realize how that sounds. It's so intangible. Hmm. It's, yeah, it sounds strange. My head's it, like, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not concrete, right? But just because I'm awake right now doesn't mean that, 
you know, people mistake being physically awake as being conscious. It, it's mm. more than that. So mm. really understanding and the layer behind that is understanding self. If you can understand yourself, you'll understand internal and external layers of consciousness. That's the best gift that we can give to each other as people, as humanity. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so people... You probably uh, haven't had answer before. Sorry? You probably haven't had that answer before, right? No, yeah. It's, 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 I guess it's kind of esoteric, but it's also... Like I'm, I'm a proponent of all this kind of stuff, so I, I like, I get it, and I've done a lot of introspective work, so um, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, what's the difference between someone, someone maybe who uh, has a lot of experience with mentoring, so they maybe work with you or, or other coaches, whoever it might be, for a long time, versus someone who has not? And I guess that kind of uh, points toward the question of like how people transform when they but at the start versus uh, towards the end? I'll answer that question. But what also came to mind is that there are some people who just go from program to program to program to program, all in the fact of trying to avoid the exact problem that they need to be solving. So uh -huh. yeah. you don't Avoidance. get any, you don't also, like we, we don't promote people just doing program after program after program. If you, if you want to do that, fine, get a return on investment, but implement what you're learning programs, not all programs work, but if people don't implement what they're learning, they're not going to get the transformation and whatever program that is being delivered at the end of the day, if people aren't going to take responsibility for their implementation and their action, even with accountability, then they're not going to experience the transformation. And this is where people do put the responsibility on the mentor and the mentor has a responsibility in a, in a relationship, but people need to implement and they won't do the hard work. I'm working with a coach right now and she says, you know, after three sessions and, and we're going in deep into, into psyche, she says, usually after three, four sessions, people quit. It gets too hard. Mm, mm. So for people who really do want to, experience that transformation that we're all speaking about how great it is on the other side 12 weeks is nothing six months is just scratching the surface mm. if someone really wants to change their life permanently it's at least three to five years of conscious choices to be made not just choosing to do sporadic $50 or $150 online courses. I mean, most people can probably say, how many online courses do you have sitting in your inbox that you did not open? I have them. I have yeah. them from 2019. I remember buying a whole stack of marketing ones for $27 and, and whatnot. So, <laughs> Always has to wear that as seven. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, of course. So... It's, yeah, when it comes to program, that re the transformation that people are looking for is the application of what is being taught. And yes, there is a lag time between the learning and the digestion period of what's happening, but then the action does need to, to come in. Otherwise, people will simply experience the same reality over and over and over again. And then they'll say, oh, mentoring doesn't work. I yeah. had a bad experience. And they'll go sit on the sidelines for the next 60 years. Mm. It reminds me of this concept called action faking, which I read in a book uh, called The Millionaire Fast Lane, uh, yeah. which is a book I read in, I think I read it in COVID. It was also a very good book, by the way, for uh, for uh, changing your mindset towards 
employment and uh, where your life might be going. But action faking is essentially what you touched on. So the person that does tons of courses, reads loads of books, listens to lots of educational podcasts, but then just does nothing with the knowledge. Like it's stuff that makes you feel busy and feel like you're getting somewhere, but nothing happens without the action. Uh, And ultimately like that stuff is absolutely useless if if it's just going to sit in your brain somewhere and never be utilized. So get out there and take action. Absolutely. I, yes, it reminds me of when I made my first big mentoring decision, I read the book Secrets of a Millionaire Mind to enable me to make a decision. And then I got to a point, well, I read all this. And if I don't take a decision, then I'm not doing what it you know, what is prescribed or the, the thinking pathways to do so. So I really like that that term. I'll be adding that to my my vocabulary. Thank you. That's amazing. I know a lot of people are that guilty of it. I'm probably guilty. I think we all are to an extent. Um yeah. Um okay so this is where we need to really reflect on why do we stop ourselves? And we, we yes, you're absolutely right. You know, we've all We've all done it. We've read the 5 a.m. club and none of us are awake at at 5 a.m. So this is where the deliberate learning needs to come in because there there are, you know, reading or texts or rabbit holes that we want to identify for ourselves out of sheer curiosity, but then our learning does need to be deliberate. Otherwise, we we sway off path and and we're on this roundabout instead of a roller coaster. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Totally agree. Okay, uh, one last question on the mentoring. Then, uh, so for for all all of the key functional areas of the business, you can give us one sentence or word that comes to mind uh, from your perspective uh, when we when I mention them. So first off, sales. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be scared. Um, marketing happens all the time. Operations. Delegate. <laughs> Finance. Understand thoroughly. I, was, I would say delegate to finance. That's the right <laughs> answer, by the way. Uh, innovation. A necessity. And human resources. <laughs> <laughs> what came to my mind was pain in the butt, but <laughs> that's not the kosher, kosher answer. Oh. <laughs> People problems. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm just one final question. The number one skill of a great mentor. Being dynamic. So it takes high levels of advanced levels of perception to see where someone is at, where they've been, where they need to go, what is being said, and, and to move with them. And to be able to move where they are not. So being able to be dynamic and that does require to to see a person's bigger picture even if they can't as well. And that is extremely challenging to do and it is such a refined skill that you can only do it if you've developed and practiced it onto yourself first. Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I very much enjoyed the conversation. Uh, key message, do do the internal work. Have focus on your sales skills. Um, and be patient, most of all. 
doesn't it without diminishing enthusiasm that's the the thing people are some people take that and be patient and they're you know 60 years and they're still waiting for their (laughs) big breakthrough so patience needs to have terms and conditions associated with it yeah i agree okay go and where can people find out more about you and uh, your your business i'm eleanor mosher on linkedin and the eleanor mosher on instagram cool all right thank you very much thank you owen Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Bricks and Bytes podcast. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you in the next episode.